Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 1st. It is six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey. On 93 WIBC, he's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And right now we're both on YouTube typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. And boom, there we are. Besties no more. Would you call them frenemies now? I'm talking about Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Of course, Devin Archer appeared before investigators, and he said that Hunter Biden included then-Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone over 20 times with business associates to, quote, sell the brand, the brand being Joe Biden. Okay, so it is fascinating in real time, and it comes back to a theme on this show that we talk about quite a bit, which is the people who run this country at all levels are, in many cases, sociopathic narcissists who care about nothing other than their own power, protecting that power, and manipulating you in any way, shape, form, or fashion in order to ensure the power continues. And you are seeing this happen in real time with the Democrat Party because there is a cavalcade of evidence now that has been produced since the Republicans of all the criticism of the Republicans. Now, my criticism remains that they are not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. They're great at collecting the evidence. They're not great at doing anything with the evidence. But to give them credit where credit is due, as they often do, the Republicans have collected a lot of evidence that proves that Joe Biden repeatedly, over many, many years, lied about not having any sort of conversations or knowledge about his son's business dealings Mm -hmm. whatsoever. We can get into the debate. Now, it's very clear Joe Biden was in business with Hunter Biden. But yesterday, if nothing else, and the Democrats, if you listen to the narrative that came from guys like Goldman Mm -hmm. or whatever, (laughs) they have now seeded the ground without admitting it because they have changed the conversation away from whether or not Joe Biden had conversations with his son about his business dealings. Everybody knows it now. Not that you didn't know it before based on the evidence that had been presented, but it is clearer than ever before that Joe Biden had too many business conversations to count with his son about his business dealings. And according to Devin Archer, more than 20 times was on a speakerphone engaging in said conversations with business partners. Not only was he on the phone, but he met with them. All of these business partners went to the White House. Joe Biden saw them at dinners and you mentioned what's his name goldman goldberg dan goldman goldman democrat rep from new york and we'll get into it later in the show they talked about the weather sure they did over an entire hour over dinner well this is a three-hour program rob do you think we could fill it talking about the weather nonstop for three hours by the way speaking of the weather we had this conversation before we went on air mind blown The WIBC weather phone is still a thing. (laughs) Yes. When I was a kid, the WIBC weather phone was a huge thing because you could call a phone number and in real time, 
you could get the weather, which was a huge deal in the pre-internet world. You didn't have to wait for the news. You didn't have to wait for TV. You could call a phone number and you had an updated weather forecast throughout the day. That is amazingly, in 2023, still a thing. And I believe the phone number is 317-222-2222. Is that right, Kev? That's the phone number. For, you used to have to that, do the weather phone, right? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, and if you call that phone number, I believe that is the phone number, you will still get someone doing the uh, an updated weather forecast Are we for sure you. it's updated? Do yeah. we know? Well, that's questionable. Well, if somebody didn't, they didn't do their job, but that is still a thing. Blew my mind. Nothing to do with what we're talking about here other than the fact that if we're going to talk about people talking about the weather, there's still a phone number you can call and it will give you the weather. Well, what we could do is we could call that number and just play that recording over and over and over again, (laughs) and that'll be the show. That that is, you know, that's what they're claiming, that all Joe Biden did was talk about the weather. Okay, so, but the the, uh, let's get, let's hold the conversation for another time about whether Joe Biden was in business with Hunter Biden. He was. Not the point of the conversation right now. What we have is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, there is no jury in the world right now that would not convict if the crime was, have you talked to your kid about his business dealings? There is no jury in the world that would not convict Joe Biden of that. The president of the United States, this should be just the lead story in every newspaper, radio broadcast, television broadcast across America. The president of the United States knowingly, willfully has lied for many, many years deliberately to the American people. Okay, so James Comer, he claims that Archer's closed door testimony blew up Biden's claim he had no idea of Hunter's business dealings. And Archer said today was exactly what you just reported. We've brought forward a few weeks ago an FBI document that alleged that Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme for this very scenario. Now we know, despite Joe Biden saying he never had any knowledge of any of this, that he regularly spoke on the phone with the owners of these companies. When in the American history has a vice president ever taken an active role and demanded that a prosecutor be fired in a foreign country for simply investigating a a business that was domiciled in that foreign country. Never, John. Yeah. I mean, the, the evidence continues to mount that the real quid pro quo pertaining to Ukraine and Burisma was Joe Biden. So Joe Biden lied during the debates. Joe Biden lied during the campaign. Joe Biden lied as president. Joe Biden is a liar. So Jonathan Turley, he is a very famous, he's a law professor at George Washington. You see him on TV all the time as a legal analyst. He was on, uh, I think this was Newsmax yesterday, maybe Fox News, doesn't matter. Anyway, he was on and he said the exact same thing, that it is abundantly clear that Joe Biden lied. Well, what we now know, quite frankly, is that the president has been lying. I mean, he lied during the presidential campaign. He lied as president when he had his staff repeat that he had no knowledge, uh, no interaction with these business dealings. That's clearly false. I mean, the, the, these are accounts of almost two dozen calls made with these associates, some of whom are the most corrupt figures in Europe, uh, where the vice president would call in. That's the point of influence peddling. 
something. When Archer says that he was there to sell the brand, the brand is influence peddling, and Joe Biden is the object of that influence peddling. And so you need to show that you will have access, that he's just a phone call away. And what's amazing is that you have people like Representative Goldman saying, you know, when he's put on the speakerphone, he didn't actually, you know, deal with business. Yeah. Well, no one expects in the middle of Cafe Milano that you're going to order uh, that the prosecutor in Ukraine gets an ice pick and then order breadsticks. I mean, it, it, the, the point is that we have him on speed dial. And what we also know is that we've had millions and millions of dollars transferred through this labyrinth of accounts that seem really designed to hide these transfers to the Biden family. Okay, so let's just all remember that the Democrats impeached Donald Trump for asking Ukraine to investigate this exact same scandal. That's right. And the problem with this, like you mentioned, there's been no consequences at all. And this was partially because of the mainstream media brainwashing half the country into thinking this is all Russian disinformation. But the Republicans are not beholden to the national media. They have the evidence. They impeached Donald Trump in two weeks over telling people to go home on January 6th. We, the Republicans have been in office now for seven months. They've had control of the, of the federal government, the House of Representatives, for seven months. What have they done with it? Fully funded all of Joe Biden's priorities with the debt ceiling. They're not serious people. The Republicans don't want to actually take action, which is why Kevin McCarthy always sounds like he's asking permission from the media to continue investigate Joe, uh, investigating Joe Biden. But the evidence to you, hearing us, a common sense, rational person who clearly desires to be informed of the world around them, is that the president of the United States, without a doubt, without discussion, without debate, there is, that we are done with all of that. We have now seen evidence time after time after time that Joe Biden, in terms of whether he had conversations with his son about his business dealings, lied. And if he lied to you that is something on something that is so easy, easy to disprove, so obvious because every parent talks to their kid if they have any sort of relationship with them about their work. Well, duh. And he lied over and over and over again. Joe Biden says that he talks to Hunter every single day. <laughs> what would you talk about? Yeah, the weather apparently. But it, uh, here's a flashback. You remember this. This is when Biden said oh, yes. he didn't speak to his son Hunter about any business dealings. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so how do you know? Let's, let's you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader, trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. And don't forget, you know, obviously there's tons of uh, video of him saying this exact same thing. Remember, he called the guy fat and challenged him to push ups. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is uh, unbelievable. Uh, speaking of people that are really getting on my nerves. 
Jefferson Shreve. Oh, okay. Can we talk about him and what he's doing when we come back? Yep. Because, man, this is ridiculous. Stop whining and get to work on beating Joe Hogs at like a drum. And this guy just keeps whining and he will not get off the guns. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 22 minutes after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Indianapolis mayoral candidate Jefferson Shreve, he demanded yesterday that TV stations stop running Hogsett's latest attack ad against him. The attack ad says that Shreve claims misconstrues comments he made to suggest he is against new gun laws. What? You mean somebody's running an ad in politics that might not be totally true? What? Well, I think the more Welcome agree- to the party, pal. The more egregious thing here is that Shreve is mad that Hogsett's ad says that he's against new gun laws. He's like, I'm for new gun laws. I'm for new gun laws. This guy, this guy, look, and again, we preface this by saying I so wanted this guy to do well and I so wanted him to win because Joe Hogsett is a total turd and a zero and this city will be unrecognizable if he gets four more years, which it looks like that's what he's cruising to. But this guy has just I don't know whether, I guess, he's listened to the wrong people. He's getting terrible advice. But what a whiner and a wimp. Dude, you have infinite money. You have the ability to run whatever campaign you want to run. And you have chosen to run it centered around some mealy mouth pleading to violate state law and people's constitutional rights, and now you're whining because somebody's running an ad in which they're using your own words from a podcast appearance you did, and instead of just, you know, we played Animal House to to bump in, instead of d- taking advice from them, which is don't get mad, get even, you're whining to television stations that they're running ads using your own words. Grow a freaking pair. Jefferson Shreve, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. You are a (laughs) pathetic whiner, and that is how you're coming off right now. Grow a pair. Run the damn ads telling people where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. Stop being submissive to this guy. What a beta. What a beta submissive you are coming off as. You are giving the election to Joe Hogsett. Stop it. Don't think he's going to come on the show now. I don't care anymore, Casey. I am so (laughs) sick of this. If you wanted to win, it was so easy. Joe Hogsett is such an easy guy to beat around this city one punch at a time in so many different areas. And instead, you are not only playing on the same playing field as Joe Hogsett, you are playing under him. Everybody knows where Joe Hogsett was and what he was doing and why he disappeared and why no one could find him during the riots. Tell everyone! Yeah, he should be focusing on other things like the hiring of a public safety director or the mayor's night out. And uh, instead, he's choosing to focus on these gun laws and getting mad at Hogsett for saying that he's against gun laws when he's for gun laws. What he's doing is he... Everybody knows for Shreve to win this race in Indy, he needed to get his Republicans and he needed to grab some moderates as well. But instead, he went all the way in for the moderates and he's pissed off his base and And they're leaving him. The mayor disappeared. 
during the riots. Arguably the most significant thing to ever happen in the city of Indianapolis. What was the mayor's response? The mayor's response was to disappear and then the next day to allow it to happen again. Your whole campaign wrote itself. You didn't have to do anything with guns or anything else. Every ad should have been on that because the conversation, I promise you, Casey, the conversation would have been, and we would have finally gotten to, not that we don't already know, where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. And this guy, with his infinite money, has run a campaign that is so stupid and horrible, it is almost beyond belief. And it breaks my heart to say that because I so wanted this guy to win, anybody to win other than Joe Hoxson. Why are you running? Why are you even running? You have a gajillion dollars at your disposal. Jefferson Street may actually be a billionaire. If you've done the math on this guy's life, and I'm saying this as a compliment, he has been so successful in business, and you do not almost get to be a billionaire. Maybe he is a billionaire. Don't know. But you don't earn that sort of money legally without being a very shrewd, cunning, successful business person. And yet all of that has gone out the window. He is running this like instead of some guy who could own a Walmart, he's running it like a guy who is the janitor at the Walmart. It is gross. Stop it. He sent a cease and desist letter to WTHR, Wish TV, WRTV, and also Fox 59 saying that Hogsett's ad contains false, misleading, and defamatory (laughs) content. All Shreve has to do, all he had to do, was run an ad asking one simple question. Where was Hogsett during the riot? He could literally be George Costanza. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. You have more money, way more money, Jefferson Shreve, than Joe Hogsett could ever dream of having. And instead of using that to your advantage, you are begging, you are pathetically begging. Newsflash, people run mean, often misleading ads during political races. That's part of the deal. Mm. That's what you sign up for. You know who's not mean or misleading? Kurt Darling. And the news is coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Come on! Things appear to be going from bad to worse. I'm not talking about this radio program either. (laughs) We're going from good to awesome. It's 934 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're talking about Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign. This is at least according to a brand new New York Times Siena poll. It shows Donald Trump extending his lead to 37 points over the Florida governor. If the race were head-to-head, the poll says Trump beating DeSantis by a two-to-one margin. Okay, so I think I'm somewhat qualified to make this statement. Now, obviously, I've never run for president, but I am 3-0 and in elections. I've either been the candidate or the person essentially running the campaign. And I was once outspent 100000 to 3000 and still won. So I think I'm pretty good at getting across the, the uh, finish line. And in my own race, I won 65% of the vote despite being outspent about 5-1. to one. So I'm pretty good at, for whatever local side we want to talk about, talking about how to win elections. Ron DeSantis, and I've said this from the beginning, I think has made a huge mistake because he is trying to run a 1990s or early 2000s style campaign in a 2023 world. And the 2023 world says people have the attention span of a gnat Mm. and they vote more often on emotion or feel rather than logic. It's the whole reason Joe Biden is president to begin with, which is a lot of people who would freely admit Donald Trump policy-wise might have done an okay job as president, 
went against norms in terms of reelecting a president when he does an okay job on policy and voted with their heart or their emotion or whatever word you want to use, which is insane, but that's how people do it. And you have to learn from that. And by learning from that means if you are going to enter a foray with Donald Trump, you somewhat have to play on his terms, which is something you try to avoid in politics, but you cannot avoid it with Trump because he is such a gorilla and whatever he is, you know, incredible King Kong. I always said you could put the guy at a Wendy's at 2 a.m. and 10,000 people would be there. You just you have to play on his terms and you have to try to beat him on his terms, which is a difficult proposition. But DeSantis has not tried to do that, and thus he has not only not gone forward, he has gone backwards. Okay, so Ron DeSantis had been focusing on the policies he had during COVID. He's been doing the anti-woke thing, and now at this point, he's switching directions after he laid off a bunch of his staff. He's streamlining. Now he's talking about the economy, which is a good thing because that is a big concern for Republican voters. 41% say that is the number one topic. So just yesterday, Ron DeSantis rolled out his economic plan and in his 1990s way this is what he sounded like our decline is a choice at the end of the day Uh, we will make that choice over the next 18 months with our presidential election but also in other things that we do as americans success for this country is attainable freedom that we've been bequeathed by prior generations is worth fighting for and we have everything we need to be successful we have the people we have the natural resources we have the ingenuity and no matter how bad things get we will always have that can-do american spirit you can never kill Uh it it's always there we just have to bring it to the to, to the surface and we need the will to force Washington, D.C. to once again work for the American people. And my promise is this. As president, I'm not going to sit there like a wallflower. I am going to fight for our people. I am going to fight for our right. families. He's saying all the right things, right? He's oh, what, say- I'm sorry. What? Is he done? Is it over? He says he will never back down and he will take he'll take control back. Yes, he, he's done. It's over. He's done. He's done. He's done. Okay. Yeah. Oh, whew, boy, that was a... How long was I out for? <laughs> Three hours. Oh, yikes. That's terrible. Micah Beckwith is going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Marvin, he was a friend of mine. And he 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And join mine. now on the drivehubler.com hotline, the last great hope for the Indiana Marvin. Republican Party. <laughs> Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, you know, you're running for a lieutenant governor. You're crisscrossing the state. And one of the things I'm super curious about is when you go to these various counties, you've got to deal with the power brokers, and I'm sure they're, many of them, very upset that you're running because you're upsetting, well, their ability to control and manipulate everything. I'm curious what sort of pushback you get from these various party insiders who depend on controlling all the narratives. Well, yeah, that's a good question. I think the the typical insider, the one that, the ones that like the status quo, they typically say, like, 
this isn't good for the party, Micah. What you're doing is bringing too much division within the party, <laughs> and we need to we need to unify. And I I chuckle when that when they say that because you know I I think. We can all we can all say, whoa, like we're not the ones that spent five hundred thousand dollars to remove two guys from the Republican Party last year. You guys are the ones that did that. That's pretty divisive, if you ask me, you know, and and speaking of Kurt Nisley and John Jacob. And and I I remember when Kyle Hupper got on stage at the convention in 2022 and he said, we shouldn't call each other rhinos. Rhinos like we need to we need to unify. And that was literally just after he had spent half a million dollars to go after two guys he didn't like in his own party. And you can make, you know, listen, he could go after Jacob and, uh, and nicely all he wants, but then to get up on stage and say, we need to unify and we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, shake things up and we shouldn't call each other out. I, I, I think it's good when people call each other out, when you pound the table in the room and say, Hey, we want the best policies, the best people. And if I don't like what you're doing, I should be able to say it. And then we can go out unified. Once we get that together, we can go out unified against the Democrats in, in November. But but they like to say, hey, if we don't have unity in the primary, then we're divided. And I don't say, no, we're just picking the best team, the best starting lineup to go out in the big game. So so that's kind of the pushback I get. But, I mean, I defend it pretty well. I, I say, hey, this is going to be good for the party. It's going to be good for the people of the party to pick who they want and not be told who they should pick. When, okay, so like I'm totally convinced O.J. Simpson has told himself he didn't do it long enough that he might actually be able to beat a lie detector to say I didn't do it. Like in his mind, he may actually believe he he didn't do it. Do these party bosses, party insiders, establishment people, do they actually think the Republicans are doing a good job? Or are they like are they in on the con or in their mind are they OJ and they've told themselves we're doing a good job for so long they actually believe it? Well, I think the closer you are to Marion County or to the bubble, like to the the Indianapolis bubble, I think th- those people do believe they've done a good job. Now, as you get outside, when I when I go travel the state, I'll meet some quote unquote establishment people. I don't think they defend the job that Indianapolis is doing. I just think they defend the status quo. Like we've always done it this way. Tradition states that we should do it this way, so let's just keep doing it this way. But they can't really, and they don't usually try to defend what Indianapolis is doing. But when you get down closer to Indianapolis, it's kind of this weird echo chamber of a bubble where I'm, I ask myself sometimes, I'm like, man, do these people really know what the rest of the state is saying? And Because and the rest of the state isn't really happy with Republican leadership in the, in the bubble. And so I think you have to be really careful as Republicans because we could get complacent if we just think it's always going to be a Republican-run state complacency is going to breed this laziness and this arrogance and this entitlement and we will lose our supermajority if we don't if we don't stand up and actually say hey no republican principles are this and we need to hold true to the principles of the party and not just to the people of the party well micah i'd like to speak about that bubble and the principles of the republican party and get your take on what is going on with mayoral candidate jefferson shreve you know he demanded monday that tv stations stop running hogsett's latest political ad <laughs> and this is where shreve claims that it misconstrues his comments about gun laws so what do you think about what's going on with this battle i think this is exactly the problem with sort of the the typical establishment republican mindset they think they can cut off their nose and it won't spite their face and they um and what i mean by that is 
they'll always run to the left. It always seems like the establishment Republicans try to pander to the left because they want somehow they think they're going to get left votes. And, and so they run, run, run to the left. While doing that, they lose a huge section of their base on the right. So now you can say Jefferson Shreve is in a really blue area. Yes, he is. And he needs some Democrat crossovers in order to win. Okay, that may be true. But what just happened with this debacle of a gun statement when he comes out against our God-given rights uh, and, and says he really doesn't believe in the Second Amendment the way that it's written, he just alienated a huge swath of his conservative base, the base that would knock on doors, that would hold fundraisers for him, that would get their parents and their grandparents and their kids and their aunts and uncles to go vote for him on, in November. And so I just I, I see this time and time again. I mean, we're seeing it in Carmel with the mayor, the Republican candidate in, 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 in Carmel's mayor's race, where she's she's pandering to the left when it comes to the gay pride stuff. I mean, she she supported a drag show for kids at the Gay Pride Festival uh, last month, and she's thinking it's going to win left votes. While but while doing that, she just totally alienated a huge, huge portion of her base. And so I guess we'll see. Like I, that's the, that's what I say. It's like we'll see how this plays out for you. I think it's a terrible strategy, but but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. All right, a bit of sad news on our program today, Casey, and this brings me great sorrow. Uh, not that he's gone, but that I won't be able to beat up on him on a regular basis. Micah, your dear friend and phony conservative who lied to everyone about what he intended to do when he got elected and then hit in the corner and said, yes, sir, what would you like me to do to the General Assembly? Your buddy John Crane has decided he's uh, uh, calling it quits. And I'm curious, Micah, because Crane is a great example of why so many people are disillusioned with politics. This guy runs and I'm going to take on the establishment. This guy runs and I'm going to be a conservative. This guy runs and I'm going to stand up for all the things that are right. And then he gets in there and with no explanation whatsoever, just hides under the in, in the corner under the desk like he's in a, you know, remember those drills we used to have to do, those tornado drills in elementary <laughs> school? Uh, uh, just I'm just curious why these people say one thing, they do another, and now he's getting out. So what was the point of any of it? Well, I haven't talked to John about this. And John, is like you said, he's a good friend of mine. And he really is a, one of the good guys. But to your point, sometimes what I – and I would push John on this is, John, you got to be a little more vocal. you got to stand up. And, and I don't think it was necessarily that he's always afraid, but I do think this is the, the, the crux of those in the Senate right now, the Republicans in the Senate. They don't, they don't lead. They don't, they don't want to be the ones to stand up and say, let's, let's go this way, everyone follow me, and we have no leadership, especially in the Senate, which is one of the reasons I'm running for lieutenant governor, who's the president of the Senate. And so, yeah, I could give some courage to these guys and some leadership. But, but um, all that to say, you know, John – I think I think John recognized probably something that we and he's I've heard him say this. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. He, it's easy to criticize those from outside. And then when you get in, it's a totally different world. And, and yes, that may be true. But but we we see how these these politicians will will bend the knee because they get in and the establishment, the system tells them you can't do it the way that you thought you were able to do it. You have to do it this way because that's the rules. So bow, bow the knee to the to the rules, which I would which I would propose and say that's the problem right there. The rules of the system should be broken up a little bit because they're they're not working for the people they're working for the system and so i think you know now here's the good news about john uh stepping down 
I think we can probably petition Rob Kendall to actually run for that Senate seat. So if you, I was looking right at him, Mike. I was kind of like pointing at him, like "Hello." Yep. Okay. So 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 here I would like every listener. Well, hold on. I would like every listener who thinks Rob Kendall should run for Senate to email WIBC or comment on the chat. That Rob, you need to run for Senate. Let's see if we can get Rob to run for Senate. Well, it's okay. So here's the here's the thing. And look, I am James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams as they're walking down to order their hot dogs at the ball game. Uh, what I wish is to be left alone. I've had that time in my life. <laughs> However, I will say this, uh, and Micah, this is before we were friends. Just for fun, four years ago, we started a ver- what became a very very hot rumor that I was going to seek the Libertarian Party nom- nomination for governor, and people lost their <laughs> minds both ways. So, you know, look, maybe I just read these airwaves and I'll just say I'm not ruling out running for state senate. Oh, scouting. No. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we'll let the people speak. I mean, if they get if you get a lot of positive feedback today on the chat, then maybe uh, maybe that's God's way of saying run for senate. So. We're going to start a petition there, Mike. Yeah, since you're Micah Beckwith is with us and running for lieutenant governor of the state of Indiana and coming up this fall, Micah, I'm going to be a moderator for a governor's debate. And this is going to take place in Hamilton County this fall. And it's going to focus on medical liberty. Now, I'm curious, since you're running for lieutenant governor, is this something that you'll go to to see where the candidates stand on things? Oh, absolutely. Uh, partially because I really like you, and I think that uh, you're going to do a great job. So uh, I want to. Rob, I you see suck, you. but in case he's the moderator, so gosh darn it, I'm there. <laughs> you yeah, come support me. Yeah, no, no, but that's it's a it's a really really important topic because we saw the government the last two and a half years completely come, and I mean this wholeheartedly, completely um, uh, uh, destroy our liberties when it comes, when it came to this unprecedented time of COVID, where they said, you have to put something into your body or else, and the or else could be you lose your job, or you can't travel, or you can't go to church, or you can't go to school, all of this nonsense. And so, I love what the the liberty movement has done, especially in the healthcare uh, freedom movement. We've raised up a a huge swath of people across the state who have said, "Hey, never again!" Like, and and we need to know where these candidates stand on healthcare freedom. And and I've heard the left. The left will say, "Well, you you oppose the the freedom of women to do whatever they want with their embryos. That's stupid. That's a dumb argument." The left ever says that? No, you're killing a child in abortion. Like, there's another life involved. But when it comes to your life and your personal health care freedoms, I'm 100% on board with giving you the right to choose what goes into your body and what you want to do with your body. And I actually wrote over 4,000 religious exemptions for people around the state over the last two and a half years. I'm still getting requests for people to stand to help that they they want me to stand with them and defending their religious liberties so that they don't have to take these health care choices that are being forced upon them. And so so I think it's it's super important. I'm very glad you're doing this. And we need to know where each one of those gubernatorial candidates stands. Is this, is this real quick? Is this where you did that dimly lit interview with Wish TV where it looked like you were in a bomb shelter somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it was COVID. I was hiding the whole time. So, uh, no, Casey, no, yeah. Casey, we got about 20 seconds. You can end it. Go. Okay, so this uh, forum is going to be about vaccines, locks, lockdown, masking, and what these candidates would have done differently than what actually happened. What is one question that you would like asked of these potential governors? 
Would you have fired Dr. Box, and do you plan on yeah. – Yeah! Yeah, that's, that's, that's my question. And, and I guess the other question would be, would you have just taken what the CDC and what Dr. Fauci – uh, says as gospel truth. Yes, so Casey, I would ask him that. Casey, you absolutely have to ask, and you have to ask it exactly like this. Would, would you have fired Dr. Box gynecologist? Yes, perfect. <laughs> Boom, I love it. Micah Beckwith, where can people find you if they want to learn more about your charm and charisma? Uh, thanks. MicahBeckwith.com, and you can just type in Micah Beckwith on social media, and my name will pop up. Follow me and reach out. I love ch- chatting about life, politics, and faith. Yeah, he absolutely does. He comes to my house like once a week, and that's just what we do. It's Micah Beckwith. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Hey, see you guys. Thanks. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.